Welcome to Killing Time, hosted by two girls, one goth. Happy Festivus listeners. To the rest of us. This is the day. This is the day. We've been waiting for him. Yes. It's the day. And, I mean, what a delight that this episode of Killing Time falls exactly on Festivus. God, it's it's almost as though it's a Festivus miracle. It, this is, is exactly, the miracle. This is exactly what a Festivus miracle is. That's right. Wow. I know. We're already jumping in. I love it so much. We're so on the same page. Yes. We are. Um, yeah, we're forgoing Christmas. We're yes. talking about Festivus because it's really what matters in life. Because I got a lot of problems with you people. And you're going to hear about it. We are later on. That's right. But first, I think that we need to get into the dark day. Yes, the dark day. Today is December 23rd, and this was the day that Vincent Van Gogh cut off his own ear. Ooh. Now, it was only the lower part of his left ear. Uh, like he, the lobe? Um, I think, I mean, you wonder if it was, was I mean, he was suffering from severe depression. You wonder if... Um, if it was just the lobe or if it was more. Um, but a lot of people show it like as if it was like the, the entire ear, ear yeah. like, like, like in Reservoir Dogs. But, um, you know, he was considered, you know, probably like, you know, a starving artist back then. He only sold one painting in his lifetime, but now he's considered one. Believe. Of the master, ma- the masters. That's always how it is. No one appreciates you till you're gone. No. I mean, I think that nowadays people start to. Kind of, maybe, but like God, all of the the greatest, mm-hmm. they just were. If they only knew, if they well, only some, knew that a bunch of other people were making money off of their genius yeah. work. Yeah, you know, sunflowers and Starry Night. And Starry Night's actually pretty small. I don't know if you've ever seen it live. It's like it's actually Where kind of a tiny it? painting. I think it's in New York, which mm-hmm. is weird too, because there's a whole Van Gogh museum in Amsterdam, and it doesn't have his most famous painting. I so think I'm I sure went to that. Yeah, that's bizarre. Because I'm sure people all go there, being like, "Oh, where's that?" And then they're like, "No, it's." In New York. It's in New York, actually. Yeah, sorry. 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 Can I get my money back now? Maybe I feel like all of those great paintings are so much smaller than you think they are. Yeah. Totally. The Mona like, Lisa is like a tot. Yeah, a little tot. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So. You barely see it when you go to the Louvre. <laughs> you can't because there's like a, a crowd of people, people there. And you're like, I'm staring at a fucking tot's head. And <laughs> a Xerox of a tot. And you're like there. 20 feet away because they have it so highly guarded, of course, mm-hmm. because somebody would fuck with it. It's just, yeah. it's a whole I mean, to do. Yeah. I mean, I will say uh, David is, is good in Florence. Michelangelo's David. That's, oh. that's impressive. It's yeah. just like, all right, it's as big as he'd, he'd want it to be. Yeah. But most but, things... but a lot of them are pretty small. Well, great. Paint was expensive. What are you going to do? Well, that's true. All right. Well, this is, this is a dark day. Yes. It's bleak. Who it's... wants to lose their ear or part of it? Not me. Interesting, though. I never knew it was only part of his ear. Mm-hmm. All right, well, uh, when we come back, we have got a little bit of bitching to do before we get into the Festivus spirit. Spirit. Mm, the Festivus ghost. Please rise. Court is now in session. All rise. Call the first witness. How do you plead? Guilty or not guilty? Every week, we are bringing a person, place, thing, or an idea, or a thought, or something on our minds to the table. We're either going to prosecute it or defend it based on what our opinions are, and then at the end, we'll vote if it's guilty or not guilty. Mm. Take it to Instagram. See if we are on the nose with our opinions, or if we are totally fucking off. Yes. So, um, I know Alexis and mine are both holiday-themed. Sure. So, I'm going to let you go first. Okay. So, today, I'm prosecuting... A notion. I'm not sure if anyone else can relate to this. Uh, if you're an adult, 
And another adult sends you a Christmas list of things they want when you didn't ask. Unsolicited Christmas list. I think the only time it's okay to send a list to adult list is like when you're registered getting married. Yeah. And that's also like, he, it's over here on this website you have to visit. Like I'm not targeting you and sending you a list. Like I'm this not is, handwriting a list and delivering these it These are the you. things I want. And anyone invited to my wedding is welcome to fulfill any of my desires. Uh, a Christmas list being singled out by someone and who sends you a whole list of items they want is a little bit of, I'm a little taken aback every time it happens. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I will go back to the thought that I think giving gifts to adults is bizarre. And I think that, no, I think feeling obligated to give an, a, a gift to an adult is bizarre. So if you're, if you're so like in your own world that you think you deserve a list of gifts from one person from one person. And you're going to send that list when somebody didn't even ask you like that is an insane thought to me. See, I think holiday season, I always give everyone, everyone in my family gets a gift Mm -hmm. because like, what are they going to be around the tree and uncle Joe doesn't get one, but whoever that you're spending the actual Christmas with that you're opening up the gift should probably get a gift. Everyone should get a gift. Yes. Right. Uh, so that's the thing. It's like that. I feel it's not an obligation. I really like getting gifts. I really like but wrapping I love gifts. giving gifts. Me too. I'm really into it. Um, so I'm, I'm so down and I promise the person who I'm talking about isn't listening, but <laughs> I would have gotten you a good gift anyway. I don't need the list. Yeah. I mean, I'm like a competent <laughs> gift giver. I think when I actually do it, yeah, it's very Last weird. Last year of our friendship group, only Jared got a gift. He got guitar socks. But that's the thing. It's like <laughs> we've all agreed that if the gift, if the, if the idea for the gift just comes to you in a dream mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're like, you know who really needs this? Jared needs a pair of guitar socks. Like the year you got me the George Costanza sweatpants. Exactly. Like that was perfect. Yes. I think you got those on Etsy. Like you went out of your way. You're like, because yeah. she needs them. Yes. And like we don't obligate each other to give each other gifts. But like, like when I gave you the Casta- the the Larry David curvy curvy yes. pin, it's like you needed it. But with us three, we are very um, creative and sentimental gift yes. givers. Yes. Like I wouldn't. I'm not the type of a gift giver that's gonna give somebody something on their list. Like I never ask like anybody in my immediate family because that's who I give gifts to. I never. I'm like I don't want you to tell me what you want because I'm gonna figure out what you want yeah. and I'm gonna mm-hmm. do the research and I'm gonna get creative and maybe I'll make something. Mm-hmm. But I just, it's a very weird thing because it seems so detached yeah. when you're just like, here's a list of materialistic things that I want. Yeah. Imagine I was like, here, Jack, I got you something and I got you like a candle. You'd be like, why? <laughs> <laughs> or like a, a, a room spray. You'd be like, why like, did you get me this? Like, or like well, AirPods. Yeah. You'd be like, this is so boring and like something I could buy myself. That's exactly what like, it is. We, have, all- we can all buy, like my parents keep asking me what I want for Christmas and I was like, Really, I want literally nothing. Same. I want to buy a home. Yes. Which you can't do for me. Yes. Um, I want a vacation. You can't do that for me. Like, yeah. I want to write a book. You can't do that for me. <laughs> like, literally anything I want, I have. Yeah, same. Except like, um, you know, that's or really the, it. the things that I want are way too expensive to ask for a gift. Like this. I'd be a huge dick to ask you to give me that. Yeah, like a new Louis Vuitton backpack. Like $2,000. No, no, <laughs> not going to happen. Nobody's getting me no. that. So, yeah, it's I, I think the, the idea of these like like a gift list like that that are obviously very arbitrary 
they're not that thoughtful ideas to begin with. It's yeah. just very, it's interesting to me. Totally. So that's what I'm, you know, putting on the stand, sending another adult a, a list of gifts you'd like. Unsolicited. Unsolicited. <laughs> Uns- yes. So, a list of gifts you'd like. Like, fuck off. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I Or just your Amazon wish list. Or your Amazon. Honestly, that I can handle. Because then that's, I don't feel as targeted. That's just your general wish list. So you yeah. pick something off that. I'd feel a lot less, like, pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A list emailed to me. <laughs> Just to me, like no one else has copied, is kind of aggressive. It's, it's actually insane. I'm honestly used to it. Um, so, anyways, <laughs> so, um, what do we think? Guilty or I'm so fucking guilty? Guilty, yeah, guilty. I don't like. Yeah. It. Oh, it makes. I haven't me... had a, an, a unanimous verdict in a mm-hmm. while. This feels good. I mean, I feel more passionate about that than I do most. Thank you. Honestly, life. I've never felt so supported by you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, I hate that shit. I know. Okay, I'll go next because All on right. the idea of gifts, mm-hmm. um, I'm putting on the stand the idea, <laughs> and this is inspired by Alexis. Are you defending or prosecuting? Um, unsure. Okay. The idea of giving. Cash is cold, hard cash. Cold, cold hard, hard cash. cash. Now, I love it. To a friend. To anyone. So this is inspired by my uncle Rick. Every Christmas, he sends me a card and he sends me a hundred dollar bill. I love in the that. Card. Wow. I am thirty four years I old. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. And I make really good money for myself. And he every year he just he sends me a card with so cash in it. Sweet. It's such an uncle move. It's such an uncle move, and it's so sweet coming from him. And he wants to get you something, and he's like, "What am I going to get this woman?" You know, but it's a gesture. But he also is a great gift giver. Like he always makes a care package for my dad. Cute. Every year, mm-hmm. and it's it comes with um, all. The these things from their childhood. He includes a bag of their favorite potato chips that you can only buy on the East Coast. Like it's the most thoughtful, creative little gift from him. And I think that the the gift of the cash is kind of just like another part of that. Yeah. Like it's definitely it's well, it's so thoughtful. It comes with like a lot of emotion and care. Um, but that's not usually cash is usually kind of like a throwaway. I think cash can be really like comedic. Like <laughs> I, we, I, we were using, literally using like my birthday that's coming up as reference. I'm like, if a friend gave me cash, cause like 50 bucks is what you'd spend on a friend. Yeah. Like if you were going to get a gift, yeah. like with those George Costanza pants you got me, they're probably like 35 with yeah. shipping. It was probably 50 bucks. Right. It'd be so fucking funny if someone's like, yeah, I don't have time to take you to dinner. So like buy yourself <laughs> something around the $35 range plus tax. Like, from me to you. I think that'd be so fucking funny. Like, I want to try it. It is good. I'm going to uh-huh. try it just to see what kind it's of reaction I It's got to be like crisp bills, though. Like a crisp, a crisp $50 bill. Like or, or like a $5. Like, buy yourself a, a, a happy hour drink. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> but it's... How is a $5 bill different than a $5 Starbucks gift card? That's true. Which I've received from, like, you know, someone saying thank you for something. I've gotten, yeah. like, you know... It's like, I think cash is great. And the great thing about cash is it's free money. Uh-huh. As everybody knows, if you stumble upon some cash, like that's just free. Yeah. Like you, once you take it out of your bank account, it's, it's, it's gone. It's, oh, then you piss it away because you're not like seeing a balance yeah. depreciate. Yep. You're like, it's already gone. I've already mentally prepared to, to mm-hmm. lose it. Yeah. So you're not going to, if somebody, somebody do in Vegas, Jack, well, yeah, piss I, our I, cash away, piss it away. <laughs> and then sometimes I make a lot of it and yep. I just keep it for a rainy day. And I'm like, this isn't real. Right. Uh-huh. So that's what I do like about cash. Cause it kind of, it takes you on your like, like build your own adventure kind of a thing. Like, where are you going to spend it? You're not going to spend it on something you would, like a bill. Mm. You're going to spend it on a treat. Dude, yeah. all of a sudden you're like Daddy Warbucks. You're like greasing the valet with 20 bucks. Yes. You're greasing this. But like, it's honestly, like it makes you feel, it's so, uh, 
it's so detached from the truth yes. <laughs> because you've already removed it from your ATM. You sort of get, become like a big spender. Even then you get home and you're like, what the fuck have I done? Yeah. You know, but you're like, I at it. the time mm-hmm. it gets you in this mind frame. Like people go cash crazy. No, I like the fact I, I like Vegas for that that very reason is because and also you end up with a lot of change in Vegas too because if you play slots or something like that and you get like weird payouts yeah. kind of play slots and then it, then it yeah it comes out so, yeah. I don't know what that's like <laughs> I only play uh, what did we play the craps oh, the craps you guys play craps yeah. I like blackjack too I only mm-hmm. play craps um, okay so calf, cash is a gift you know it it really like me I have my stance it's yeah. back. not guilty not guilty not guilty look at that love it alright Billy I go now and I'm putting on the stand. I go now. I go now. This is my time. Okay, cave festivist caveman. <laughs> I'm putting on the stand. Baby, it's cold outside. Oh, okay. All not right, good. now. I mean, you're not going to get any arguments there. Okay, so if you really, you know, I did some research on this. Now, um, you know, this song is, um, it has a lot to do with, with uh, potential, you know, consent. Because it's a guy saying, baby, it's cold outside. I you really need to stay. Can't stay. And then he's like, "Yeah, it's, has such a good melody. Yes. Honestly, it's so uh, like warm by a fire. It's like got a great sound. But like she keeps saying why she wants to go, and he keeps but coercing she, her. She's saying why she wants to go. Yeah. And the, the neighbors might think maybe it's cold outside. So what's in this drink? So we're dealing with a roofie potential situation yes. here. And then, then you know, he keeps saying like, "I'll take your hat. Your hair looks swell. I ought to say." Then, then she says, "I ought to say no, 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 sir. Mind if I move in closer?" And then she says, at least I'm going to say that I tried. It re- when you're reading it without the melody, it really is messed up. And then she says, I simply must go. The answer is no. This welcome has been the answer so nice is no. and warm. There's your consent. Yeah, there's, it, there's it right there. That's Yike. it. Like, I don't know. And no, no, it's no sort still of a reach. No. Like, oh, sure, they could have been role playing, but probably not. But he, here's the weird <laughs> thing. So it started with this husband and wife used to do this kind of call and response type of song. That's, uh-huh. how, that's how it started. Then... Um, uh, um, they they would do it at a ho- at a housewarming party while their guests were like bidding them good night. So weird. This, this is from Rolling Stone, by the so way. Strange. Then, You're like, why the, the f- fuck are you singing over there? The yeah. first time it w- that was what people did back then. Ugh. The first time um, it was recorded on a piano and just yeah. was weird. <laughs> weird times. <laughs> the, the first time it was recorded was in 1948. Here's where it gets even weirder. It was for a musical called Neptune's Daughter. The male and Ooh, female I like that name. The male and female parts are played by a wolf and a mouse. Wait, what? Say that so again. So this gets into furry territory here because this was apparently a wolf and a mouse. And the premise is that the mouse and the wolf have gone on a date and then they're mm-hmm. having a nightcap back at his house. She's trying to leave. He's heard urging her to stay. Cuz he wants to eat her or something. Yeah. Mm, this seems like a bestiality kind of mm. undertones. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of furry about, no, no, things honestly, going on. No, honestly, you yeah. do hear about this dynamic a lot. There's a, what is a poem? The Spider and the Fly. It's the same thing. The spider is trying to seduce the fly like into her lair <laughs> so she can fucking eat it. And it's this, it's a, it's a rapport that sounds like weirdly similar to this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, you're so gorgeous. Come in my lair. And they're like, feast on your thousand eyes and, yeah. you know have a beautiful mirror and they're like trying to flatter the fly in yeah, yeah yeah and it's it's got sexual innuendo but it's not it's really meant to like disarm so she can it's predatory right, mm-hmm. right. so it actually makes sense so, if it's a about a very predatory song yes but if it's about a wolf and a mouse that actually makes me feel a little better mm-hmm. but it never should have been translated into humans so <laughs> <laughs> no um so there is a new christmas movie out mm-hmm. called love hard on netflix oh with Nina Dobrev um, and it's like a cheesy holiday movie but anyways the the main character 
boy guy in the movie, he like redoes the song because she like hates it. Mm-hmm. So he like rewrites all of the lyrics to be like a more consenting, modern, uh, female empowerment song. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. So I love that. And the movie is really cute. So mm-hmm. I highly recommend everybody watching it Hell if they yeah. want like an easy, it's like an easy, cheesy kind of modern Hell to Christmas the, yeah. movie. Okay. So maybe it's cold outside. I mean, super guilty. guilty. Tons of guilt. Yes. <laughs> like, Throw the book at them. Yes. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. Well, when we come back, it is time for some true crime rewind festival style. Ooh. Break out your polls, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's rewind time. Welcome everyone to True Crime <laughs> Rewind. I'll never get over Billy needing to welcome everyone yes. after a short commercial welcome, break. Short commercial break. Everyone. You're back. You're back. Come well, welcome once more. You've just ordered everything from our sponsors. You know, you might have taken a little break in order to order everything, and now you're back here. This is True Crime Rewind, the Festivus edition. Woohoo! Now, you know that um, we love, uh, you know, crime storytelling, obviously, but we also love Seinfeld. It has been something that has brought us together. Um, if you're not the Costanza of your friend group, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and as you may or may not know, uh, Festivus is a secular holiday mm-hmm. it's celebrated on December 23rd as Today. an alternative to the commercialization and, and on the pressures of the Christmas season. Now, it was conceived by a guy named Dan O'Keefe, who was the father of a TV writer, also named Dan O'Keefe. And they used to celebrate it as early as 1966. This is what happened. They would um, have certain things like a uh, airing of grievances, the feats of strength, mm-hmm. but also apparently a uh, the Festivus poll, but the Festivus poll was changed. What was the Festivus poll before that? Well, I think we need to just touch on the fact that how incredible it is that Festivus was a real thing in real life that got taken into Seinfeld and like immortalized it. Mm-hmm. But it seems so fucking ridiculous. Well, this is the thing. Like, if you can dream it, you can fucking do it. <laughs> yes. Like, these people just made this shit up. Look at Elf on a Shelf. That was that's true. That was one but like, family that's not that. a holiday. <laughs> like, in fact, the three of us should come up with our own tradition. Maybe January, February, because those are the bleak months. You yeah. know what? And maybe we come bleak-ness. up with a miss. Ho- bleakness. <laughs> bleakness. <laughs> Like January twenty third or something Bleak around miss. there. Bleak mess. Well, January twenty third. Interruption. I think, Most yeah. people do dry January, right? So we interrupt dry January. Maybe we do like third week January. Yeah. To yeah. Like derail our friends from the attempted sobriety to like stimulate the economy. We be the people's yes. economists. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because everyone stops spending in January because mm-hmm. they're depleted. Q1 allegedly, one is the worst, and especially after yeah. COVID. Yes. Happy fucking bleakness coming your way. Yes. Happy uh. bleakness. No, I, but I do. I just love this so much because this guy's family was so fucking wacky. Committed. Committed. <laughs> They're committed and Dude. bizarre. And they have each other's backs. No one yeah. was like, that's ridiculous, dad. It was like, of course we're celebrating Festivus, dad. Yeah. Okay. So now, so obviously there's a Festivus pole on Seinfeld and that's basically just this metal pole that's on two pieces of wood for the most part. Yeah. Um, but there wasn't a Festivus pole in real life. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to describe yeah, go for it, it. Was. yes please so instead Dan O'Keefe's dad instead of the pole what he did is he would put a clock inside of a paper bag and he would nail the paper bag onto a wall 
Was there any like poetic significance? Like I want to understand the like the symbolism here. No, it's not. like no time stands still. We we blind it, yet we are slaves to it. Something along those lines. Sounds and this is what I think is so funny. This is from the Wikipedia. He did a like an interview about it. I think it was on CNN or something about Festivus. Dan O'Keefe did, and he said it was never the same bag, rarely the same clock, but always the same wall. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Hella holes in that wall. And then he goes, um, he goes, the real symbol of the holiday clock was a clock that my dad put in a bag and nailed to the wall every year. I don't know why. I don't know what it means. He would never tell me. <laughs> he would always say, that's not for you to know. How fucking amazing Dude, is that? A fucking man of mystery. Yes. An like, icon. And you know what? Because I am such a fucking pussy. I would have given up my rationale mm-hmm. right then because I'm a people pleaser. I'd be like, I got to justify <laughs> myself to you. No, this man is too badass. The, the confidence to that this yeah. man must have had, like he was just doing this shit. He was so smooth, dude. He didn't even want to impart the wisdom on his son. That's how. <laughs> that's how f- much conviction he had. Like it's only for him. Yeah, not even to pass down. Only for him. Yeah, in this one lifetime. Yeah. Right. Not to be shared generationally. Yes. No. So now on the television show, the clock was replaced with the Festivus pole. Yes. Now the pole is unadorned because Frank. Costanza, he found that tinsel was distracting. <laughs> well, you can't, and it's a, it's a, it's a metal shaft. Like, how do you? I don't know. You, you might be able to. You have you to could put tape stickers s- on it or something. Stickers? I don't do you know. think Frank Costanza would be like, <laughs> let me get some like fucking puffy paint stickers or whatever? I don't know. You never know. Lisa Frank stickers. I do wonder where it went from the clock to the pole because I almost, I mean, I love the pole, but the clock is also fucking amazing. Maybe it was like loosely based on the maypole. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure, but okay. they would dance with the streamers around the maypole. So for dinner, now um, in the Festivus episode, if you watch, they all gather around a yeah. table. Uh, Estelle delivers or, or, or uh, serves a, what is described on Wikipedia as a sliced, Reddish, reddish meatloaf-shaped food on a bed of lettuce, which sounds delicious. I like reddish. Sounds like the meat. 1960s, like mm-hmm. gelatin yes. foods. Yeah. 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 Yes. Casserole. And, yes. And um, there's no alcohol, uh, but George's boss, Mr. Kruger, actually has a hip flask, and he drinks out of that. Mm. Now, Desperate times. after the dinner, what happens is the airing of grievances. Yes. In which Frank Costanza says, I got a lot of problems with you people, and now you're going to hear about it. <laughs> you people. <laughs> That's so good. So do we need to air some grievances? I mean, I think Billy should start. Okay. <laughs> really? I love everybody equally and affirmatively. Mm, well, I have you don't no, have a single grievance? <sighs> I got a file corrupted today, and I, I had to use a... No, you know, that's I can't not use what that. it is. <laughs> no, you have to air them with us. Air them with the you guys? Dinner table. You can be vague. You don't have to target Jack or I. You could say, you people. You people are... <laughs> I can't... Don't, don't put me on a spot on let this. Me, let me paraphrase for Billy. Okay. You people make me dance and smile in a way that <laughs> I've never have. In fact, people commented this month for the first time ever that they've... They're happy I have teeth because with you two, I smile for the first time. You tried dances you've never tried before. I think the grievances with yourself, my friend. I know. The, I grievance, my- the grievances with yourself, Billy. You refrain oh. from dance and the art of song and dance. You don't know what I do. I know when you're alone. No, I think Billy, he, his bone to pick with us is we really knock down his veneer. 
you know, we it's, show the softer side of Billy Jensen. We show the softer side of Billy Jensen. People actually like see the joy. emotional guy and the joy that's beneath this kind of rigid, moody Seawheels. exterior. So, so serious. Gonna solve a crime now. <laughs> no joy allowed. No joy allowed. Like, yeah, you can do that and be a soft, lovable, vulnerable, happy mm. person. Yeah, and okay. I think. The grievance, as I said, is certainly not with us, but look within for that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> look within. Well, thank you for turning that around. Uh, wonderful. You're so welcome. <laughs> that felt fucking great. Yeah. <sighs> it felt good. God, I feel high. I feel like we just leave. Well, I think we end the area yeah. of grievances on that. Unless you have one. No. You no, know. I love you endlessly. I love you endlessly. You're the best friend I've ever had. I love you too, Billy. Okay. We're going to go to the feats of strength now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you and want to I, describe I, what Feats of Strength is? Now, the Feats of Strength is described as, uh, you know, the head of the household selects one person at the celebration and challenges them to a wrestling match. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it's not over until the head of the household is pinned. Do you want to hear something that's so fucking crazy? And yes. we're going to so, go do that right now. <laughs> before we get into that, one of Jared's friends got married uh, in the past couple of years. Oh, my God, years. I know this story. It's so good. And at the wedding, uh, it was a, it's a um, it's a, bachelor, a family a bachelor party. No, this is at the wedding. It's a family of all boys. So mm-hmm. there's I think four brothers, and then obviously the dad. And the feats of strength literally happened at this wedding, mm-hmm. where they were doing a push up competition, and one kind of started it. One jumped in, another jumped in, and then it just started into this like big brawl situation where it was literally the feats of strength. Is this the same? groom that had the bachelor party where there was like a blind obstacle course where they had to blindly jump into like a pool of some substance it was it was the same family that's fucking hysterical yeah i love that that should be the next the next seinfeld this whole feats of strength thing like as the head of the household i warn you jack is suspiciously agile and strong (laughs) (laughs) like every time i do anything physical with her like i don't know arcade games where she's shooting hoops or skiing or like fucking anything really I'm always like, you're suspiciously fast uh-huh. for someone who moves not so much day to day and like suspiciously athletic. Uh-huh. Like she's a stealth athlete, you know? So like, I know you're about to challenge her, but be wary. Oh, I do get wary. <laughs> She'll win. It's the quiet ones that always get you. You know, it's that cool confidence that Dan O'Keefe's dad had about yes. the clock Dude, on the wall. She built that core strength during cheerleading that never, <laughs> never, never went faded. away. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Billy, who are you choosing? Oh, I'm I'm definitely still going to choose Jack. Yeah, it was probably smart. Yeah. Because I'd fucking win. Yeah. Yeah. We wanna, all know Alexis would win. I'd fight, fight dirty. Yeah. Fight Alexis, real dirty. Alexis I don't want to lose win. an eye. And even if you didn't physically win, you would somehow emotionally tr- oh, no, torture him during the, that. Yeah, there would yeah be... I'd turn that around on you for yeah, sure. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just with one look. <laughs> okay. Just my now, rhetoric. Yes. Yeah. Now, there's also the Festivus Miracles. Yes. Uh, these are circumstances that have completely reasonable explanations, but are celebrated at the sa- all the same. Oh, so I love a- this. We love a Festivus miracle, of course, that our episode was airing on Festivus. It's oh, a Festivus God. miracle in itself. Mm-hmm. Almost as if we planned it, but yet we cannot control we can't. a calendar. We shan't. We sh- and honestly, won't. you know what? It's going to be another seven years before Festivus is on Wednesday again. Oh, my gosh. Mm. So this one really must be worth it. It means something. It's meaningful. It's meaningful. It is meaningful. Do you guys have any Festivus miracles to share other than that? I think it's a Festivus miracle 
I mean, this is sort of out there. Like, am I allowed to get vulnerable right <laughs> sure. now? Sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. I think the idea, this is so out of left field. I am so sorry. <laughs> it's because, listen, I think the idea, like modern medicine, okay. right? I'm talking about like egg freezing, which I'm about to embark on. Yeah. Like that feels like a festivist miracle to me. I'm like the fact that I can relieve any sort of pressure and like defer by about a decade if I want. Yeah. And live life a little fuller and not have to succumb to the pressures that previous generations had. Yeah. That feels, I know modern science explains it, but it also feels like a festivist miracle. I think that is way too unimportant of a thing for a festival. That's a miracle. (laughs) It's a miracle that you can have a baby that like would be taken out of you this year. Yeah. In 10 years. Yeah. So that's mine. Mm-hmm. Jack says no. It's but that's too much of it. That's way too, that's too good important of a, yeah. of a thing. Okay. I'll give you a my festivist, festivist miracle. miracle. My festivist miracle that's happened to me recently is I have recently stopped having nightmares slash dreams that Jared and I cheat on each other. They'll be back. This is, this is something <laughs> that happens. It happened almost nightly. For like two years. And it has nothing to do with our relationship. But I constantly would have a dream that either here I cheated on each other. And then I'd wake up like in such a frenzy. Like a hot frenzy or a bad frenzy? No, a bad frenzy. Because it was like, it was always guilt ridden and like shameful and really, really bad. Sure. It was never, it was never a hot steamy Mm. affair. Um, And I recently stopped having them. So I think that that is a festivist miracle. That sure is. Mm -hmm. I don't have cheat dreams. Mm, I do. I don't dream all that much. Mm. Well, you do. You just don't remember them. I have stressful dreams. I had a dream last night that I buzzed my head. I don't want to talk about dreams, but I had that was that? a very weird one. I had a weird anxiety dream. No, I do have dreams, but I don't have cheat dreams. Yeah, I don't know what it means. I had a dream I was hanging out with Hulk Hogan. So there you go. Yeah. What's your festivist miracle, Billy? I, I mean, I was going to say, but it's 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 a too big of a miracle to be a festivist miracle that me and Alexis didn't kill each other while we were shooting on our apple and we got the series out. See, that is a miracle. That's, that's a, not that's a festivist miracle. Festival. We had a great time. We had a great time, yeah. You know what a festivist miracle is? What? We got food delivery earlier mm. and the fries were soggy. And the festivist miracle was we threw them in the air fryer mm. and they were... Mm-hmm immediately crispy and delicious. And that is a festivist miracle. You know what the festivist curse was? That Billy didn't have fucking ketchup. That is a festivist curse. Ooh, festivist curses. Mm-hmm. No, it's well, going to be a bleakmas curse. No, bleak that's miss what curse. Yes. So we're going to decide this right now. Bleakmas, I think January 21st. I think it should always be the third Saturday of every January. Okay. You know what the like third... Like Thanksgiving, because a Saturday is a fun day. It always okay. needs to be on a Saturday. The third Saturday of this January is actually Jared's Music Festival in Phoenix, Arizona. Big music festival. Oh, I'm coming to that. Yeah. I got to come to that. So we should maybe do Bleakmas the different day. They should name the festival Bleakmas. <laughs> Bleak, Bleak Fest. Wasn't it called... Bleak Fest. Their, their other festival is called Sad Summer. So Bleak I kind of, Fest is actually Bleak perfect. <laughs> Maybe it's not Bleakmas, it's Bleak, Bleak Fest. Fest. Well, Honestly, Bleak Fest. All right. I'm going to go by the URLs right now. Okay, so right why now, don't we so. do uh, Sunday? We'll do... We'll do... Well, that Sunday or that Friday? That's the that's the question. No, or we just... We're going to figure this... We can figure this out Saturday. later. Okay. We'll flush the idea Stay out. Stay tuned on uh, Bleak Fest. Can't be the second Saturday because that's already a three-day week and that's already somewhat fun. Okay. Know, so... Stay we'll tuned for Bleak yeah. Bleak Miss <laughs> is going to be around Bleak then. Fles- okay. Bleak Fest 2022. Yes. Okay. Next. Is that that's all that's all we have for Festivus. Oh, oh, also I will say this about Festivus. <laughs> one of the best the Festivus of the Festivus. Um, the best of the Festivus. One of the best uh, blooper reels that you'll ever watch is from the Festivus episode. It's when Julie Louis Dreyfus could not keep a straight face when she's being told, "I think you're a fox." 
Yeah. Um, so good. Uh, so funny. And um, it was actually, I think it was Larry Charles that w- w- had came in and did that role. But apparently... Larry th- Charles? Yeah. He was a, one of the Seinfeld producer. producers. Mm. And apparently it took six hours to film that entire scene. Yeah. Because she kept, I guess, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus had this thing when it would be really, really late nights and she'd be really exhausted. She would start having laughing attacks. I love that So it would make all of the scenes even harder for her to finish. So that was like one of those times that she just kept like cracking up at everybody at that table and it just took forever to film. I but love- nobody could be mad at her because she's like perfect. Yeah. She's a fucking genius. I love her. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So yeah, happy Festivus, everyone. Happy Festivus, everyone. You are a horrible person. What's the worst thing you've ever done? And now it's time to hear how awful you all are. It's Festivus. (laughs) It's Festivus. It's a Festivus confession. Yes. So brace yourselves. Here we go. Hello, Jack and Billy and Alexis. I'm sitting in LA traffic listening to um, Killing Time and all these, I love my fellow firsties, but some of these worsties are a little bit vanilla. And the thing I'm calling in happened when I was in fourth grade and I'm almost 30 now. And I still think about it and cringe and feel horrible. And I wish that I could call this woman and apologize to her. But all in all, it had to have been fourth or fifth grade. And I was at my friend's house and we had a babysitter because her mom was out for the evening. And I don't know if it was just us two or if most uh, young girls go through this stage but we were obsessed with sex and we wanted to know all about sex and why people had sex and what sex looked like. So on this fine evening when the babysitter was downstairs watching television, my friend and I went upstairs on the family computer and proceeded to watch hours of porn on the computer. Just us two. Just watching and learning and understanding what it's like to be an adult, you know, having sex and making love. So after our porn excursion, we closed all the tabs, moved on, played, did whatever fourth graders do. And at the end of the night, when my friend's mother came home, there must have been a vibe. Something was obviously pornographic on the computer and we could hear the mom get on the phone and we know she called the babysitter and she was screaming at her and telling her how gross of a person she was and how she's never going to be able to work again in this town because we're from a small town I mean one one babysitter watches porn when the kids are asleep everybody in town is going to know so this her mom was convinced that this babysitter watched a bunch of porn with us or while watching us and she was caught and she was yelling at her and yelling at her and the whole time my friend and I were sitting in her room panicking and now as an adult all I can think is that damn babysitter knew that it was me and my friend watching porn and she what is she going to say try to tell the mom no no it was your kids they were watching porn no no one would ever believe that So this poor babysitter got screamed at and fired for watching porn while she was supposed to be babysitting 
when it was really me. But basically, this goddamn babysitter got fired for me and my friend watching a shit ton of porn when we were home alone. And all I can think about to this day is that that girl probably thinks we were freaking nymphomaniacs. And I wish that I could talk to her now and tell her that I'm sorry. But, oh, my God, I don't think I'll ever stop being embarrassed knowing that this woman had to take the fall for us because we watched hours of porn on the family computer. Anyway, I love you guys so much, and I don't have anything else to say, but goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Oh, my <laughs> friend. My friend. Yes. Do any of you want to weigh in before I give my thoughts? No, I think you should go first. Well, here is the thing. You know I'm on your side. That's, that's what I do. We don't have the skills at 14 to explain a situation like this. (laughs) As an adult, you'd be like, hey, there's been a huge misunderstanding. And like, I got to like clear the air. Like we don't, we have the confidence to do that as adults and be like, you know, I'm so embarrassed. Like we don't even know how to explain our interest in sex at 14. We don't know how to explain or understand long-term consequences of this woman getting fired or her reputation being sullied. Like you don't have that ability at 14 to understand that that's even a big deal. Yeah. So at the time you're probably like, oh no, he, he, this is awkward. But like, you don't realize that this woman's life could actually be impacted. Yeah. So like, you need to forgive yourself there. Cause like, we're just not evolved <sighs> enough yet. We're just not yeah. there. We're childish. We're selfish. We're embarrassed. We um, are scared of getting in trouble, you know? So I think absolve yourself there. Also, though, the mom was very hasty in her conclusions. Like, she I didn't do any in, in personal investigating. She, she yeah. could have asked you about it. And, and if she had asked you it, and, or her daughter in a, in a safe, like, hey, it's okay if you're curious. I just need to know before I accuse this woman. You might have admitted it. Right. You mm-hmm. know, I think there are skills here that could have been applied on all ends that didn't jump to conclusions. And, you know, you're innocent until proven guilty. And, and this mom was the judge, jury, and executioner here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> And absolutely. didn't even investigate. Well, there isn't, I mean, what is the babysitter going to say? Because it, it's a catch-22. Because right. if she says, no, it was the kids, it was like, well, why'd you let the kids do that? You know, at the end of the day, you're responsible for what the kids are doing. I have an, in, uh, I think that this should be an interesting post, maybe on Facebook or something for all the ladies. Well, it, this might be a weird place to talk about it with a bunch of men in the group, but um, the obsessive you- watching porn at 14 years old is something that's interesting to me. Cause I think, I mean, did you ever watch the show Pen15? Did you either of you? Mm-mm. Oh my God. What? You haven't watched it? No, not yet. I will when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Pen15 is basically about girls that are about 13 or 14 years old that are our age now. So uh-huh. it was like in the late 90s, like early 2000s. Uh-huh. Um, and there was this episode about one of the girls that like she first learned how to masturbate. And so she was like obsessively masturbating th- at that time. So I think that they're like during that age – there definitely is that curiosity. Yes. And I feel like every girl is exploring it differently. But I think the the obsessive watching of the porn, even in a stranger's house, is fucking hilarious. It's super hilarious. And, like, I definitely had that phase. I remember it clearly. And I was not doing that. I wasn't doing that either. I was not doing that. What I was doing was arguably worse. Okay. <laughs> um, and I'm not sure. Like, no, nothing, nothing like, mali- like, but I, what I was, I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I was 14. I had no supervision. 
I would go into chat rooms. Oh, I used to go to chat rooms. That's what I'm saying. I would go into chat rooms and be like ASL. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was like it was very it was curiosity driven, where you're like, you don't know who the fuck you're talking to, but you know what? The risk is low because it's a stranger. Well, and back, I'm not gonna actually meet up. I was too scared to do that. Yeah, I think that also we're in a very specific age too. That I think when we were that internet brand new, there was the internet was brand new and it was very anonymous and there wasn't Mm -hmm. when we were chatting with strangers on it was literally AOL chat rooms that we there was never the thought of you know I'll continue this after this conversation like it was very just like none of it ever moved on to phone calls none of it ever moved on to a second conversation Mm -hmm. right for for me at least right sure but like I know that for me sexually that was like how I was like curiosity absolutely it was like manifesting because I was like pressure testing yeah but it never went anywhere scary or dangerous yeah but like it did not occur to me because like I didn't have an understanding of pornography no so it would never have occurred to me to like google porn yeah you also, I, thought, I think it was probably a lot harder for us to find porn back when we Didn't were that Didn't try, so yeah. I don't know. But, like, again, not judging you, because, like, I feel like if I had known porn existed, if I had an older brother, I probably would have been doing the same thing. I just didn't know it was a thing. Yeah. Frankly. Um, no, I think that what she did again. <laughs> again, it's another one of those, when we write our fucking show or our movie, mm, what a great yeah. scene. Truly, you know, and you know what? The babysitter forgives you. She's moved on to better things. She's moved on to better but things. But at that moment, she was probably like, God, God damn it. Yeah. These fucking brats. It's like again. a catch 22. She's like, brats. she's like, there's no way out of it. She just got has to take the fall for you like young, tiny, horny girls. <sighs> <sighs> she's been there, you know? We've uh, all been there. I know. She forgives she you. She has some empathy, I'm and sure. And you know what? You're awesome. You admitted it. And yeah. I'm sorry about the LA traffic. We all feel you there. Yes. Yeah. Stand by for the next one. Hi. So I'm hoping I can be your first international first date worstie. Um, so my story is my Harry Potter pants shooting story, which some of you may have seen on the Facebook group. So I was very hungover. I went for dinner with a friend of mine and we were going to see Half-Blood Prince in the cinema. I maybe underestimated this hangover and um, ordered a really rich like steak dinner with peppercorn sauce and a few glasses of red wine didn't sit right so I was on my way to the cinema I had the rumblings and I thought you know it's a it's a crowded area I can I can let some gas out and um no one will notice no one will know it's me wasn't gas though was it and I shit my pants in public and at this point I had a I had a choice to make do I go home I didn't go home I went to the cinema I got my ticket and my snacks and I threw my pants in the bin and I went to see the film anyway. And my friend still doesn't know to this day that I shat my pants on the way to the cinema with her. That's that's my first story. I might phone back with some more though. Thank you. Honestly, the obsession with Harry Potter is so understandable because like I'm it's not me, but I they made a whole uh world here. Like, yeah, universal. You know, like, it knows no bounds. It yes. knows no bounds. Well, I love the fact that Anybody with the, a, a British accent uh, makes anything sound. I, it was, yeah. I, I think, I believe it was somewhere, and it was Scottish, Scottish or, British, yeah. Irish. There's, it was hard to tell. Yeah, but makes any story sound charming. She sounded like an actress. God, I'm in love with you. Yeah. I know. Like, I know it was a story about bathroom cinema, humor. Normally, I'd have an adverse reaction to you, but like yeah, but suddenly, voice, I want to know more. No, that voice was all you know. You made sound it all okay. adorable. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! I what kind of snacks did you get the movie? I I have a follow up question. Like, I, after your stomach hurts, what kind of snacks do you buy? Oh, you know what you buy is you buy fucking um sour patch kids because eating sour stuff uh is really good for your stomach to settle right? your stomach. Yeah, my 
when my cousin was pregnant, she would always eat it for nausea. Oh my god, I love that. Um, no, I have some. I had a couple follow up questions. One was, I might have missed it. You took your pants off mm. and then went into the movie theater. Now, where were they? Were you wearing she underwear? Meant undies? Mm-hmm. She took her underwear off, but and just had a bare ass in her jeans or her pants. logistical. But like, um, I hope that they caught it all. You know, I think she saw the whole movie. No, I hope that her <laughs> underwear caught all, caught all the. the yeah. You know what? Even if they didn't, it's like that's commitment because you know what? Like, let's re- re- let's revisit. Uh, you're a Ravenclaw. I'm a Raven, but then I took it again. I was a Slytherin. So. I'm a Slytherin. Don't encroach on my territory. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes, and Jack is a Gryffindor. Gryffindor through and through. Yeah. I thought that maybe I could have had some Ravenclaw tendencies for a while. <laughs> then I retook the test again, and it's like, nope. Here I am. Jared is Jigglypuff. Ja- yeah, the, or, or Hufflepuff. <laughs> Jigglypuff. Oh, right. Jigglypuff is, 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 is Pokemon. Puff, you know what? Pokemon and uh, Harry Potter, this oh, is the crossover we needed. They do Jigglypuff and Hufflepuff are... That's no coincidence. That yeah. is no coincidence. Same same type of a person. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this was... What a fucking episode. I hope people... You know, sometimes there's a little bit of a lull over the holidays, but... Not with us. You know what? Yeah. If you listen to this episode, you really got a treat. Yes. And it's time to treat did. yourself. It's time to treat yourself. Because... With the Costanza stanza. That's right. And it's called... A Festivus Miracle. And, you know, I didn't read today's outline. I didn't know Festivus Miracles were a thing. This was just intuitive. Mm. You didn't? No. It's part of the episode. I didn't read that outline. No, it's part of the episode of Seinfeld. The actual episode of Seinfeld. I have really terrible memory. She really forgets a lot of stuff. I always try to bring up references to Seinfeld. And she's like, what? Uh, No, she forgets things that happened in her life like five minutes before. Yes. (laughs) Kiko Belova for you for Christmas. Honestly, but I do like 20 things. It's really like I can't waste bandwidth on no. <laughs> <clears throat> on uh, insignificant things. Okay. A Festivus miracle. Gather around the Festivus pole. It's the holiday of George. A treat for the soul. <laughs> Banish resentments. Ease all your fears. Hope for good fortune in the coming years. Ooh. There's no need to fuss over a Christmas tree. No hanging of stockings. No joy and no glee. Mm. Don't tempt Santa to bring you a cold piece of coal. Instead, revel in the cold, bare shaft of the Festivus pole. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No presents, no feasting, no holiday gathering, no Christmas ham with gravy for the slathering. Mm. Is Festivus the worst holiday that exists in this life? Yes. So happy Festivus to all, and to all, a bad night. Oh, my God. <laughs> there you go. Incredible. Ooh, that felt good. Yes. Happy Festivus. Happy Happy Festivus. Happy Festivus, friends.